spirit of a Native American from the East Coast, um, and I am here as the host of the Alex Cast. With me tonight, as always, and by as always I mean for the first time, we have Katie Montana, and you use your third name. Jordan. Okay, you do. Oh no, it just you, you. It said Katie Montana when you texted me before. I'm like, oh. ooh, should I should I be on the DL about the third name? Oh, funny. Yeah, no, Katie Montana Jordan. Katie Montana Katie's Jordan. a very common name, so I didn't want to text you and be like, hey, this is Katie, and then have you be like, what? Well, I I very much appreciate you thinking that I would have that amount of ladies texting me that that would be confusing. Oh, funny. Thank That's you very what much. I think of. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, it is it is uh, it is a lovely thing to 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 have that be a possibility in the world. Good. Hear that? Hear that, people? I'm a regular Lothario. Absolutely. All the Katies you have hitting you up. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, in upwards of one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's been. I mean, I, I'm I'm positively rolling in Katies. I mean, there's 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 you and. <laughs> You and I think I have a cousin named Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! I just made your day. <laughs> Yay! Um, yes. So uh, you are. Let's give. Uh, let's give some. Let's get some details quickly. Okay. Those details would be your Twitter address. Uh, my handle is at k montana jordan. At k montana jordan. Your favorite Elvis song. Oh my god! No, anybody. Sorry, I, I, I just want to throw something impossible okay, at you. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I can I can maybe give you like top top three, but but they're interchangeable. Okay, give me top three. Uh, Suspicious Minds. Correct. This is so hard. I'm gonna think about this. Let's 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 revisit this question again. Sorry, I was so unfair. Bit. I just we, we literally so audience at home. We literally just had the, the conversation of what are we gonna talk about tonight. And I'm like, oh, we'll just talk about stuff. Uh, Ouija, tarot, the same stuff we we're talking about off air. And I thought, yeah, it'd be funny to just throw something completely impossible but to answer no, as the first question. But anybody yeah. that knows me knows that I'm such a freak for Elvis. Oh no, that's I'm why the Elvis fans. So that's why I chose like it. The yeah. hardest question that you could have asked me, and that's what you started with your your podcast with. And, Shock and now journalism. We just lost, exactly. Now we just lost all the audience because I couldn't answer your question for you. Well, I can answer for you. At least two. One, Suspicious Minds, correct. Yes. Two, In the Ghetto. Three, that live concert where he laughed at the guy with the toupee, because that's hilarious. <laughs> Top three Elvis songs. <laughs> There's no other answers. Yeah. Oh, all Elvis. Elvis every day, all day. Do you know that clip where he's yeah. laughing at the guy? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> just for, so audience at home, just look it up. Elvis laughs at Bandit Toupee. It's just he's. Do you remember what song he's singing? I don't remember. Yeah, he's singing some like you know, like ballady, like really soulful, you know, heartfelt song. Mm-hmm. And then some guy in the audience has a bad toupee, and he notices it, and he just starts cracking up and can't yeah. finish the song. Oh, it's so good. No, Elvis is awesome. It's like a my all time favorite performance of his is his '68 comeback special. And um, for uh, uh, the people that aren't listening that aren't familiar with what that is, that's uh, Elvis and his iconic uh, like one piece 
piece, all black leather jumpsuit. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So that's from a 68 comeback special. And that was his first performance in years. And he was super nervous. He um, had kind of fallen off the radar for a few years. And he was nervous that uh, the public uh, had forgotten about him. He was nervous that people weren't going to accept him. Uh, as he came back, and that's why they called it his comeback special. And um, if uh, you go back and listen, and if you go back and watch uh, his performance, it's a long performance. He he uh, did a lot of songs. You can see that he's nervous. He's shaking, and in a couple of his songs, he even forgets his lyrics and he slurs his words. And it's just the the most precious, innocent, pure thing that somebody as amazing as Elvis after all that time was was just still so humbled and, and innocent in his own nature that, that he thought that people forgot about him. Yeah, that was yeah, that was actually a pretty like I'm not I, I like Elvis like I'm not obsessive, but like I, I like <laughs> like some of us. Yeah, well, no, that was I, I understand why people get obsessed with him. It's just like he doesn't hit me on that level. He hits me on a man. I really like what Elvis is on, but I'm not you know, I'm not going to search it out. But uh, that yeah, the comeback special is kind of fantastic. All right. So we didn't say we we're going to talk about this but uh, very quickly because it's something I was obsessed with uh, in the 80s and 90s. What's what's your opinion on the Elvis is still alive thing? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I was actually just talking to somebody about this the other day. Um, I think my mom uh, was the person that recently sent me a a, a clip, like a, an updated clip on YouTube. Yeah, that's what I just saw. Yeah. Is that what? Okay. Um, as much as I would love to believe that Elvis is alive, I feel like he is not. Yeah. And um, as, as often as I have to um, be introduced to or at least navigate through the idea of certain conspiracy theories in my line of work, um, I think that this one is bogus. I would like to believe that Elvis is still out there and that maybe, you know, he's going to come knock on my door and, you know, bring me a an engagement ring and ask me to marry him that would be amazing but i don't think it's gonna happen i'm i think he's dead yeah the uh that would be awkward because he would be a very very old man at this oh, point no, he'd yeah. still be sexy all right well that that's that gives us hope uh, as a <laughs> as a somewhat doughy man uh, entering into his middle age i'm glad that can work out um there uh, yeah there so i i found uh, i was this is a couple years back the uh it's, it's some web page about elvis still being alive because as as this show does we talk about a uh, weirdo 14 stuff and i was like mm-hmm. people still think this like i remember back in the 80s and that was sort of possible because you know it's within a decade or two like you know okay yeah. you know theoretically but um yeah but the, the theory goes that he's an extra in the movie home alone <laughs> is is one of the theories that i was like you gotta be fucking kidding me this is something that exists in the universe that there's a theory that elvis is in home alone so yeah. i just i went down this rabbit hole of like exploring other theories and apparently there's Two different people that could be modern day Elvis, uh-huh. like that faked his death and they know his name. People like they're kind of famous and they follow them around a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah crazy bananas bonkers. Definitely. I love it. Definitely. <laughs> and um, uh, Elvis just had his uh, birthday. Uh, so Graceland just did, just, just did this big, you know, birthday celebration like they always do. And I remember recently, I think like a week ago, I saw a picture of this uh, overweight guy and I think he had a beard and um, everybody was seeing, and it was a, a picture of a guy that was, you know, at Graceland standing yeah. there outside, you know, on the lawn and just a, you know, regular Joe Schmo guy. I think he was wearing like a polo tucked into his jeans or something. And um, everybody was going crazy saying that, that that was Elvis. And and I didn't see any any kind yeah. of 
It well, that's one of the two guys I was just referencing. That's oh. where I saw, I was on the uh, Elvis is Still Alive Facebook page, okay. and they said that's one of the two was the guy that was at Graceland for his, for his birthday ridiculous. or death day or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Completely ridiculous. And it's kind of sweet if you think about it that, that people love Elvis so much that they want to believe that he's alive, but at the same time, it's like, let it go. Yeah. Also, I really believe it's actually his twin brother still alive. That's the one that faked his death. Ah, that yeah. would be interesting. And actually, um, that's one of my favorite stories about uh, Elvis being a paranormal researcher as well as a big freak for Elvis. Um, uh, uh, so a lot of people might not know that Elvis had a twin brother that died. So Elvis's name is Elvis Aaron, um, Elvis Aaron Presley, and then his twin brother is Jesse Aaron Presley. And um, uh, Elvis claimed as a child that the spirit of Jesse Aaron would come visit him and play with him often. So uh, Elvis uh, claimed to have you know ghostly encounters from a very early age. Yeah, uh, there's a um, Nick Cave, the, uh, the 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 songwriter, you know, musician guy. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book called "And the Ass Saw the Angel," and it's based kind of not not around Elvis, but like it's kind of the same kind of um, mythology as it. It's you know, born as twins, one dies and the other one lives on, and sort of has has like a ghostly other life with the other twin. And um, that's the only reason I know about the Elvis thing is because I knew Nick Cave was sort of obsessed with Elvis. Oh, it's also the only reason I know "In the Ghetto" is a good song because Nick Cave did a cover of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is a good song. Yeah. It is. I like it. All right. So now that I've uh, thrown you under the bus with Elvis stuff, not thrown you <laughs> under the bus, that worked out well. Um, so paranormal researcher, um, let's 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 do this. How about you define what that is using words? Using words? Yes. Or I could just draw pictures and you could. have the audience guess what I'm. I can I can upload it to the website. <laughs> hey everybody, yeah, listen to the episode and then then go to the website data and you'll see a hand drawn picture. Professional of, illustration yeah. of what she does. Yeah, so it'll be like a pack yeah, a Pac-Man ghost with a stick figure next to it holding. And a ghost yeah, named Boo. Yes, holding one of those uh, uh, EVP machines. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so yes, I am a paranormal researcher, and uh, more specifically, my uh, title is occult specialist. So that means that I've got my background in uh, occultism and all things occult related. And I went to school for theology and philosophy. So I apply uh, that kind of perspective with my work. So um, I, uh, when I say that I'm a paranormal researcher, I am a member of three different organizations and I work as an independent consultant for them. I work with uh, paranormal research and investigations out of Silverdale, Washington, and I work with the San Diego Paranormal Research Society out of San Diego, California, and I also work with Scottish Ghost Adventures out of Fife, Scotland. Ooh, how do you, how do you hook up with the Scotland one? Um, just, uh, I think, um, through social media oh, at okay. first yeah and then um essentially just uh talking and um correlating evidence and uh just sort of being in the the same community in the same crowd and then i just ended up joining them officially so we just uh officialized our our relationship and um so they just named me their actual independent consultant but um so i do my paranormal research work within my three organizations and uh, so that's when I take on and actually conduct official casework, working with actual clients that believe they may be experiencing something paranormal. 
And then I also do my one-on-one independent consultation work where um, people uh, contact me individually and I uh, help them out with that. And then um, I'm also very involved within my active paranormal community. So I give lectures and I teach classes and uh, I I do podcasts and I come over to strange people's houses and we do Ouija board sessions and yeah, which I'm glad for that. Uh, this is this is one of those things that now that you're here, we've gone along, we've done a Ouija session, um, and I know I pronounced that wrong. Um, I uh, it's one of those things where uh, in context, and you have to be very careful about this. I literally said, "Hey, do you want to go in some creepy dude's basement yeah. <laughs> to talk about the paranormal?" And I love that we live in a universe where somehow this seemed like a great idea for both of us. Like, no second thoughts. Oh yeah, this is safe. This is fine. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, sure. Yeah. Oh, oh, practicing occultists. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go, go. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Seriously. So that that's like, you're saying that I should have been concerned that, that you asked me to come over. Like, like you, you should be worried about who you well, invited to be fair, into your house. <laughs> to be fair, also a practicer. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, 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 uh, done my, uh, my, my fair share of, uh, of occult work. Uh, mm-hmm. this, this, uh, this apartment has seen, uh, much, much awkward things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? You know, sometimes, sometimes you know, you need to you need to bleed to make yeah, things work. That's yeah. true. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me though. What we were talking about earlier with our um, so everybody that's listening right now, um, Alex and I actually conducted a, a pretty lengthy, longer than I expected it to go, uh, in a successful Ouija board section uh, session before we got started on our podcast here. And um, I know that uh, when I come into a room or somebody's house, somebody's living space, that I have a very large energy, and I usually have to work on pulling that back. So it was interesting because um, when we started our Ouija board session, Alex and I thought that we were talking to somebody else and we ended up talking to somebody that um, followed me and somebody that had to do with me and something that I was doing that was work related last night. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was that was pretty interesting. And then um, so. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, let's let's go let's go through this because the audience knows. So the audience knows uh, I've, got, I've gone over it over the years of how. Um, I'm spiritually bereft and everything's weird. And no matter how much work I put into the universe, nothing ever comes back long story short. But uh, so I was, so I was like, Hey Katie, let's, let's ask the board if, if, if there's something here, like if there's something, you know. And let's tell your audience, this is the first time you've done board work in like you said years. Yeah. I've, I've only done, I've only used the board. Well, probably more than once, but the last time I used it was in middle school. So I must've been, that must've been about like 1993 or whatever. Cause we had a, we had a, a rather negative entity experience that mm-hmm. that happened uh, at my old house, which anybody that listens to the show knows my old house, the haunted basement is where we were doing the board. So um, probably not all that surprising that something went, went south. So anyway, yeah. So Katie and I, uh, I did a did a did a Ouija session and um, yeah, contacted something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that was pretty interesting. Um, as I'm saying this, I don't know. Like, what, how do we describe this? Help me here. What 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 happened? You're you're the expert. This is the best way to do it. You're you're the, you're the expert. Help me help me describe what what that was. You have carte blanche. I'm thinking about yeah. my favorite Elvis songs over uh, here, sorry. buddy. Yeah. So gosh, that I have so much going on in my head right now. I'm all distracted by Elvis and picturing Elvis maybe still being alive and knocking on my door with that engagement ring. After all, anyways. Um, so what happened is. Uh, uh, Alex feels or believes that he has had this, what would you say, um, 
a being, an entity, a pneuma, a psyche, an essence. Yeah, I, I, there's over the years I've, I've thought either something is attached or missing from me in a, a spiritual sense. And mm-hmm. I've had uh, a couple, uh, I've had two healers, one Reiki lady and one psychic lady all pick up on something mm-hmm. uh, uh, to, to this extent. Yeah. Okay. And so we started our board session and because we're at Alex's house and this is his living space, um, I wanted Alex to take control of the board and Alex asked questions. So we were um, gearing the session towards Alex. So everything was Alex related. And then the more we uh, were working the board and the, the more questions we asked it, um, I got a couple of things that were that that struck me because I was like, wait a second, I this is from last night. Wait a second, this is from last night too. And what I mean by that is that last night um, I had a meeting with a gentleman about um, the starting process of a, a possible project investigating uh, a very well-known paranormally active uh, hotspot in downtown Portland. And um we were, I was essentially doing um, a walkthrough and just uh, just being completely non-scientific, but just letting the, the whole other spiritual slash metaphysical side of myself roam free for a few minutes when I first got there. So I just did a walkthrough and I just uh, wrote down a couple things that, that I felt or a couple things that I thought I picked up on a piece of paper. And it's, it's just for myself, more or less. And that's also um, another way to test yourself or to test people that uh, claim to have psychic abilities where um, you can have them write everything down and document it and keep it as data controlled and scientific as you can with with the given limitations and then later when you conduct an actual investigation and if you happen to pick up anything that might be similar then you can cross-reference it and that right there might be noted as actual uh paranormal evidence and that's something that you can work through from there but um anyways last night uh the gentleman that i was having my meeting with um I, a couple of the things that I had written down on the notes that I'd taken was number seven. The number seven popped up a couple of times as well as the letter T. So long story short, when Alex and I were getting started with our Ouija board session, uh, the number seven popped up, wasn't it twice? Yeah. And then the letter T. And Alex was like, I don't even know what this means. I don't know what's happening. And I was like, wait a minute. And I have I don't think I sounded like that though. I sounded that's, far more That's exactly what you sounded far like. Far more Alex. in control. I was I was I was frankly I was frankly suave about it, but you know, Actually, please continue. you guys, he was crying and I was like, You need to calm down and he was like, You're not the boss of me and I was I, like I, I thought Ouija was confidential. I didn't know you, I didn't know the tears were gonna come out. <laughs> <laughs> you should have signed a waiver or something. Yeah, yeah, now everybody that? knows all your secrets. Oops. Uh, whoops. But anyways, I happen to have had uh, the same notebook with me um, here at Alex's house uh, that I had last night at my walkthrough at the uh, potential paranormally active location that we're going to uh, investigate. And so I showed Alex. I was like, well, that's really weird that, that we're getting um, this on the board because this is exactly what I got last night. So Alex was like, whoa. Um, so then we stopped for a second and... Uh, realized that perhaps the person or entity or what have you that we were talking to on the board was uh, the person that I was having a conversation with last night. So we uh, asked the that person or that entity or that being, what have you, to step aside to allow the other being that Alex wanted to talk to to come through. And then once we did that, once we made that uh, separation, then we actually had a, I feel, a, a 
pretty successful Ouija board session and you asked some pretty personal questions and I feel like like we did some actual work. Yeah, that was, see, this was uh, two things interesting there. One, um, well, I mean, multiple things, but like as far as someone that, just because I've, I've I, look, I've, I, you know, I've been in this rodeo for a long time. So like there's, there's a lot of stuff that like I, I'm kind of come from a skeptical perspective until, you know, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Oh, I agree. But um, it was, it was super interesting to see seven and T come through, which, it wasn't forced. It was a natural thing. I we both felt, or at least, it it didn't seem like it was a. It didn't seem like oh hey let's transition to some random thing you did last night like it didn't yeah. this it wouldn't make sense in a you being a huckster way which I'm certainly not accusing you of that I'm just I'm <laughs> speaking for the audience that that's the only other option here. Mm-hmm. Um, this wouldn't make sense from a huckster perspective. Like yeah. this is this was a, a natural organic growth that led to something that happened the night before, which. To me, you know, I I hesitate to use the word evidence, but yeah, that seems like evidence to me. Like that's yeah. that's pretty strong. Like I mean, we 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 got something that you had previously written down. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting. Yeah. And then moving to uh, going back to the whatever this thing following me, whatever the the the, the whatever is going on with me, we end up. Um, it seems. Long story short, it seems like it was some kind of Native American shamanistic kind of spirit thing. Mm-hmm. Which I found particularly interesting because I've never shown any interest in Native American stuff. Mm-hmm. Like not not that you know I don't you know I don't hate them or anything. I just it just that's I come from the Western tradition. You know I, I all of my magic and pagan stuff comes from either you know India through Greece and Egypt like that. You know kind of the the Hermetics and the, and you know and then a little bit of the East. Mm-hmm. So I, I yeah nothing to do with Native American stuff. So it's it's quite strange for that to be something that goes through because, you know, if we're thinking this is a product of shared subconscious, you know, that yeah. you and I are kind of sharing, uh, sharing, you know, a, a, an, an appendage at that point through the planchette, mm-hmm. our subconsciouses are, you know, moving it, you know, subconsciously. And that's, you know, that's what we're communicating with. So on like a, you know, sciencey, no spirit level, mm-hmm. it's very weird that that would be the answer that comes out because it's something that wouldn't, that I'm uninterested. It's not, you know, that's nothing that, I mean, frankly, I'm, I, I'm satisfied with it as an answer, but like, as far as like cool, sexy things to come out of the end, it's like, <laughs> that's the last of it. Listen, I don't know fuck all about that stuff. I don't know any Native yeah. American rights. I don't know any, you know, like. The, so yeah. you mean like you wanted it to be something demonic? You wanted no, no. it to be something sinister, like, like that Reiki lady suggested to you it was? No, no. What I, I don't mean to say that I want demonic. I just more meant like, um, like if it was like, as I've talked about on the show that I had like, uh, like, you know, weird Egyptian deities talk to me, you know, like a really deep meditation. Yeah. If that was it, it's like, oh, hey, I'm tribal scribe Achned Fistof the fourth. I worked on uh, Khufu's tomb. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, totally makes sense to me. That shit I'm interested in. I probably mispronounced something at some point that got attached to me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that makes sense. If it was, um, uh, if it was uh, an old christian missionary scribe uh, in my past life reading that's what i showed up as mm-hmm. would make sense if it was some weird indian you know uh, uh you know uh, subcontinent india indian guru type that mm-hmm. would make sense given where i come from it would make sense if it was a shinto priest there's there's so many things <laughs> it would make sense if it was somebody that in the authorian court yeah. there's like of the many many things that would make sense that i could contextualize in the weirdness that i've done yeah. over the years 
shamanistic East Coast, uh, you know, first try people. That was, you know, it's not disappointing, but it's like, man, that's that's nowhere on my my rubric of weird that I could even like put that down. So it's both. Well, I disagree. Yeah. I think it's even weirder because it's it's not something that was within your frame of reference. So yeah. it was never something that you considered, and that almost makes it more real than not real yeah. because then that means that that you're not um, like altering what it might be you oh know what yeah I mean? the realness is not what i that i found disappointing that's actually really kind of shocking to me how it would be difficult i would find it yes it's a lot more real because of how outside of my realm it is exactly but it also puts it in like this weird um awkward spot of like well, what the hell do i do now i don't know anything about yeah. you guys like you know how do i how do i how do I contact a, a, you know, a first tribe shaman to, to be like, Hey, what's up, dude? Like we were having trouble, you know, communicating on any, uh, you know, on, on a, on a planchette level. Like what, you know, what do I do now? Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll just read books and figure it out as, as I do. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. 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 It was super, yeah. That was super interesting. That was not, not the result I expected. No. And I, I, the only reason I would have any kind of desire for it to be like something demonic. And I mean that in the old school kind of uh binary, you know, guy downstairs with red pajamas poking you sense is those can be banished relatively easily with just say some shit in latin light the right candles banishing lesser pentagram got it archangel mike <laughs> handled it easy this 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 room we're in right now has seen far more compl- complicated ritual happen in it that'd be easy but yeah so it's like yeah maybe i was hoping a little bit for it to be like a good old-fashioned demon because you know i can i can handle that i fuck i know where there's churches right i'll just get some priests to come in <laughs> Um, I think it's super cool that uh, if we are correct in um, translating the information that we got tonight from the board and guys, we were we were doing board work for what, at least an hour. Yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe an hour and a half. Um, And the the we were getting consistent movement the entire time. So it's not like we were just, you know, sitting there waiting for it like. Uh, the planchette was moving. It was very active. And, you know, this is uh, the first time doing board work with Alex. So assuming that he, you know, isn't pulling my leg and was moving the planchette because I don't think he was. But... I can I can assure you I wasn't like to the point that I, I was actually trying to keep my fingers too light on it to imply like any real like not to say I was going on a ride, but like I was not I, I was making it a point that even subconsciously I wasn't trying to force something. Yeah. So, I mean, much like every other time anybody's ever used a Ouija board, the conversation comes to, did you move it? Did you move it? Exactly. But I could, I could tell the audience with, with this is the thing I've talked about being honest on the show many times with 100% honesty. With none of that was because I was moving it on purpose with my hand and mind. Like it was not, mm-hmm. that was n- not on me. And, and, and you seem trustable. So I, you know, I, I, I can't possibly see a reason why you would do it purposefully. But, I mean, that's one of those things where, you know, you just got to take it on faith. But, I, yeah. you know, for what it's worth, you know, audience, I got faith. Very trustable face here. Like, <laughs> I, I, you know, Katie's, Katie's in, the, in the good column in my book. Yay. Yeah. Yay. But, yeah, no, uh, the, the Ouija session tonight was riveting. And what I find so interesting about it is that uh, you were told by this Reiki practitioner in the past, uh, she got a very specific image of what this entity looked like. And um, 
as we know now, because you and I were talking about this earlier tonight, that uh, different people pick up different things and everything yeah. is self-interpretive. So, you know, we may be looking at the same person and see two different things and see two different sides of them. It doesn't mean one of us is wrong or one of us is right. That's just the way we are translating whatever it is that we're feeling or seeing or experiencing because everything is circumstantial. Everything is an, an individualized human experience. Everything, every second, everything changes. Um, so it's so interesting, though, is that this woman in your past uh, had this very clear description, and it wasn't a nice description. It was sinister, and it was almost um, kind of like, ha-ha, screw you, look at me, and I'm, I'm kind of untouchable. And um, she left you with a, a negative, almost evil image and therefore description and feeling. And well you know, not to, not to cut you off, but the, that's actually what made me get on the Native American bent while we're on the board, is what I realized was, it never struck me as evil, it was like kind of trickstery, and that's uh, when I went, oh, coyote. I'm like, oh, fuck, I never even considered that, you know, like, yeah. you know, Loki, coyote, trickster spirit, yeah. you know, that thing, and I was like, that's what made, that's what popped in my head, because, you know, you, you're doing, how do, how do I word this to, to the audience without them having... Um, decades of 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 knowledge under their belt you were you were talking about the kind of um audience at home sometimes dark stuff isn't dark in the way that you think about it but it would take way too long to describe that to you i assure <laughs> you i've read a lot of books that's the way it works just take me it's just Alex just knows go with how me. to read yeah just go with me on this um, one yeah well, let, let me take this one this <laughs> no, is please. something yeah. that, that uh um i talk about endlessly this is like like what i'm all about with my line of work that um as a uh, occult specialist. Uh, I am also a practicing occultist and uh, I tend to deal with things that a lot of people consider to be dark. And again, um, when we say dark, we don't mean something that's bad. So for me, and again, yes, everything is, you know, translatable, um, you know, different, even, you know, terminology, different words mean different things to different people. So I think number one, it's important to uh, look at these situations and certain terminology without a religious specified lens. So when somebody talks about angels or demons, we're not talking about something that you would read about in the Bible. We're not talking about something that you've seen in a movie. We, you know, we're talking about a very clean foundation, a very clean slate of what something might be. Um, and we're not even talking about um, morals. We're not even talking about morality. So yes, you know, good and bad are going to mean different things to different people. But when um, what Alex is trying to say, when we're talking about something dark, or when I'm specifically talking about something dark with my line of work, just because something is dark doesn't mean that it's bad. It doesn't mean that it's evil. Just because something is is black in color or just because something um, is the opposition of light, it does not mean that it's bad. And uh, that's where um, I feel that paganism and Satanism and the early nature theologies are just so riveting and so relevant because they honor the darkness. They honor the, the natural duration that we see in the day and the night and the, the seasonal change and that uh, dark is just as relevant as light, that we can't have one without the other. So in my opinion, that means that the dark needs to be respected and not feared. Everybody always 
you know, gears towards all things light and all things happy and cheery and rainbowy. Well, just because the dark is different, it doesn't mean that, that it's, that it can't be happy. It doesn't mean that, that it can't be good. So that's, that's something to remember and just to not look at things through a religious specified lens. It's just because somebody says that something is demonic, you know, uh, understanding that you have the capability to, uh, translate that any way you want to. So, not being afraid of something that might be different, not being afraid of something that might look a little scary because, you know, we probably look scary to them too. So it's about always being open. Yeah. And that makes complete sense. However, I guarantee you there's very confused people listening right now. And that's why I never try to explain it. It's like, just, just trust us. She knows what she's talking about. That's <laughs> what you just said was true. If that doesn't make sense, just, it's never gonna, uh, sorry. <laughs> it's just, sorry. You know, you've had the conversation a million times. It's just, you know, yeah. I've, I've, I've I've tried to go through this uh, on innumerable levels, and then it just t- comes into like, ah, oh, you're a baby killer. It's like, no, God. Yeah, yeah. Hence the whole non-religious specified perspective, and that's yeah. really hard for people. And that's where the the whole topic of darkness and demonology is um, so debatable within my line of work because. Uh, it's those terms, you know, demon and, and angel, they invoke such an emotional reaction out of people because yeah. they're religious specified and that's not okay. Yeah. And there's also, there's also the other side too, where, and, and just to kind of, well, basically I just hate Anton Xander LaVey. Um, he's a really, well, was a really irritating human being and uh, <laughs> I think ruined a lot of things for a lot of people. And um, that kind of like arrogant, like showmanship, anti- anti you know christian version of of you know i guess you would say the left-hand path Mm -hmm. um boy that set us back a lot because that is just some (laughs) arrogant annoyed shit it's like it's like modern day atheists we're just like oh you don't have to yell at everyone (laughs) like just you can just just go and not believe that's cool stop yelling at people you're ruining it for the rest of us but Yeah. yeah so um I think, you know, as much as, you know, kind of the, the, the Bible-y people ruin it, the other side ruins it too of the kind of, you know, the abject, loud kind of, um, you know, that, you know, those people, the, the Slytherins of the world, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know what you mean. Um, my, my personal comparison to that is that, um, I'm a vegetarian and, um, I'm like, like, I think one of the very few vegetarians, I think I only have like two or three vegetarian friends and um, I go out to, you know, to eat with, with a, a meat eating friend and I never say anything to them about ordering a hamburger because I don't care because yeah. I, I do what, what's important to me and I want you to live your life and do what's important to you. Um, so I'll never say anything about, oh my God, you just ordered that burger and, you know, mock them while they eat it. But why do meat eaters feel like they have to do that to me when I eat my salad? Yes, I, I, like, I really? you were at a table with a fellow vegetarian. <laughs> uh, and uh, yes, I, I, I don't understand it either. Like, I, I don't, um, I don't understand why people have to like, hey, I'm a vegetarian. Oh, yeah, you should try bacon. Thanks. Seriously. Thanks. Thanks. That that argument is really that's salient. I really, <laughs> pre- I hadn't thought of that before. Thank you for bringing up this very new piece of information. Exactly. Fucking bumper yeah. sticker thinker. So it's it's <laughs> not about religion. It's not about yeah. theology. It's not about vegetarianism. It's not about choosing to be a meat eater. It's about uh, people feeling like they are at a, a different level of righteousness than you. That's the issue. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's you know part and parcel of it. It's you know that goes with the levees and those people of just like the kind of 
grandiose bombastic kind of thing and it's like you know you know blame each for other people instead of just letting them have their beliefs in the same way like you know don't fucking step on my beliefs and and to be fair like it's you know one of my boys crowley like he's you know he's he's really just a fucking he's a shithead he's a really bombastic piece of shit and i you know it's it's unfortunate you know he made one of the best tarot decks that's ever going to exist but boy that's a that's a dick like and he just you know uh, it, that's that's a way to set back everything you know yeah, instead of true. you know going for religious you know uh or or spiritual or belief equality it's you know it's this kind of our way is better kind of nonsense even though yeah his and books say other <laughs> since you just brought up a uh, tarot um i assume we're not been talking about the ouija board session yet but i wanted to tell your listeners that um uh Alex uh, read me his cards, and what what were they again? Your deck? Oh, that's the Thoth deck. Yeah, the the uh, the Crowley deck. Quote yeah. Unquote. yeah. Um, and um, I was I was really happy um with the reading, and it's not just you know regardless if it was information that I wanted to hear or not wanted to hear. Um, you were you were good. You were professional, and I was impressed. And but I was telling Alex here that um, I think he's a little bit more versed in, in tarot than I am. So um, he gave me a reading, and it was awesome. And it was actually like a super positive reading. So yay. So I asked if um, like how hard 2017 was going to rock, and the card said super hard. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was awesome. And then we did, um, yeah, then we did a Ouija session. Yeah. No, that's super interesting. So, uh, all right, wait, wait, back to back to Ouija. Um, okay, blah, 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 I contacted the thing. It was probably going to be something super important in my life, and then I'm going to go back to it, and I'll never talk to you guys about it again. I'm going to, I'm, I'm about to be perfect and finally cured and have to stop seeking attention from strangers. So thanks, Katie. <laughs> you just canceled the Alex cast. Um, but, uh, so, okay, so Ouija. In the case we're talking about, we are discussing contacting something outside of self, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of outside entity. I guess the question is how this is sorry. I'm about to give you an unanswerable question. I, I said the Elvis one as a joke, but this one, I, I, in all seriousness, I'll give you an unanswerable oh, question. God. How how much do you think it is? Is it outside of self versus contacting inner self? Like I've talked about ad nauseum on the show about tarot as. Mm-hmm. Sometimes tarot is literally just, it's a means to read your subconscious because you don't have direct access to it. So it's a way to get to know yourself a lot better. And then also, it's sometimes I really feel like it's telling the future and contacting spirits. Oh, absolutely. So... How is that with with, with Ouija? Like, how, no, how I think is, that's yeah. a, a fantastic question, and we talked about that a little bit earlier when we were Ouijaing. But um, my answer is that it is going to be very similar to uh, how you would describe it with the tarot cards or with any other occult-related tool or just any other tool. You know, any any power item that a person might use that um, is going to accentuate their um, their power, their own personal power. So. Um, with uh, Ouija board. So I actually teach classes in Ouija boards and my next class I have lined up at uh, my next event coming up actually that I'm really excited about. It's uh, March 31st through April 2nd at the Seaside Convention Center in Seaside, Oregon. It's uh, the Oregon Ghost Conference. It's in uh, information on it can be found at www.oregonghostconference.com. And I'm going to be giving a lecture and I am also teaching a class called the Misconceptions and Applications 
questions of the Ouija board. And I'm really excited about this one. I've, I've done this a few times now, and I've figured out that um, I think I've, I've finally figured out the perfect amount of time to teach this class. It always seems like we're running late. So it's a two-hour class, and the first hour is going to be a lecture just talking about the history of the Ouija board, how it came to be, the difference between a Ouija board and a spirit board and a witch board, and then um, talking about the mainstream media misconceptions of the board and hopefully uh, answer questions and offer solutions because um, a lot of the people that come to my class class the same experience with you Alex people that say that they've had a, a negative encounter with the Ouija board in the past so they want to come and hopefully get some questions answered and you know maybe I can offer solutions for them or um, or ideally dispel those myths and um, hopefully help them look at their experience through a different perspective through a more uh, healthy perspective and understanding that it probably wasn't a negative experience it probably wasn't evil and how can we now that we're adults now that we've had some emotional distance from it how can we sit back and look at it and understand that it probably wasn't related to the Ouija board because Ouija boards in themselves aren't evil you know they're just boards it's going to be the same with the tarot card um so uh, Alex and I were talking about this earlier, but <clears throat> in my classes, I teach that you can use the Ouija board as two different conduits. So the main one is going to be as a paranormal communicative tool where you are using it basically as um, a telephone, uh, something very similar to a device that you would use to uh, put a call out there and see who picks up. So um, you can use it as a paranormal communicative tool where you are <clears throat> utilizing it to talk to somebody else outside of you. So, oh, I'm fine. Thank you. Um, some outside stimuli. And then the second conduit, the second way to use it would be as a parapsychological tool where you can uh, use it to communicate with the self. And I think that both are uh, extremely plausible. And I think that more often than not, it is I think that the self comes through more than anybody else, more than anybody else outside. And that is a, uh, a hard subject to test. And um, the first paranormal research group that I mentioned that I belong to, Paranormal Research and Investigations out of Washington, we actually, um, our organization, we actually draft and conduct and then write them up and publish them actual parapsychological experiments. And the one of the main ones that we were working on over this last year was psychic manipulation of Ouija boards. So um, we were drafting a few different experiences, uh, experiments with different people. Well, what if we do this? What if, um, you know, we have only, you know, a set amount of people inside the room? And what if we have um, people outside, like people on, on the other side of the building working in as a remote viewer, somebody on the other side of the city, somebody in another state? And we've got all of this different um, energy that is working um, either against each other or working for each other. And then we were um, uh, basically what we were doing when we were playing with the cards earlier tonight, um, seeing if we could send and receive certain messages. And we got some really fascinating results. And the point is that everything is more or less inconclusive. And that means that um, more research needs to be ensued that we're never really going to know. And that's where <clears throat> the whole field of paranormal and parapsychological research, that's where 
every everybody says that everything needs to be done in a very data controlled, very scientific avenue. But I think that the whole spiritual slash metaphysical avenue of it is just as important. It's just as significant, and that both of those areas need to be married. And uh, that's where working with occult tools comes into play because they aren't very scientific. So if we set up these certain experiments and make them as scientific and as data controlled as possible, then we might be able to marry both of those uh, avenues of investigative research and then maybe find something. So I think that you can use the board to talk to outside stimulus, absolutely, as well as the self. I would say again, um, more often than not, you're having a community, you're having a conversation with yourself, and whether that's your subconscious, whether that's your your psyche, whether that's your pneuma, and whether you're aware of it or you're not aware of it, we know that you have to be touching the board, you have to be using the board in order for the board to work, right? So we already know that that we're already personally manipulating it. So it's about that level of manipulation. How far does that manipulation go? Is it subconscious or is it conscious? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's how to how to form thought. Yeah, it's an interesting kind of. I'm sorry, I'm trying to play devil's advocate for the audience right now because I hear them <laughs> yelling about. So that line between kind of the scientific method and and the kind of the paranormal world is fraught. <laughs> it, it is it is it is a difficult thing. So I, I do I do appreciate the uh, the idea. So uh, here's here's just a side example. So audience at home, if you're, if you're, they have a sequence of random number generators across the world that they look at. Uh, it's been shown that before major events, the, uh, the seven, seven bombing in, in England, in, in London, I think there was one in Japan earthquakes. You can actually see an aberration in the random number generators that you start seeing repetition immediately before some major event. Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about. Well, I mean, that sort of thing where it's, we're looking at science, but it is we're not saying double blind experimental because you can't do it like that because you're dealing with something that is, you know, paranormal. It, it is it's mm -hmm. you know beyond the norm. It's, mm -hmm. So you can't set it up like double blind. Okay, we're gonna have one ghost in this room, no ghost in that room, and then. Yeah. But what you can do is use the tools that science has put forth, and use them to look at the things that are by definition unscientific. Not to say unscientific meaning not true. It's just. Mm -hmm. It's outside the bounds of science as we understand it. So there's nothing exactly. we can, you know, there's nothing to well, do. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. That, yeah. um, that's the thing of it. Um, science. Yeah. Science is great and amazing and fun, but science is limited. But science is limited. Um, there's only so much that, that we can do with science. And there's only so much that, that we are able to experiment with science. And that's where we're looking at, um, as a paranormal researcher, we're essentially questioning the existence or the non-existence of an afterlife, whatever that might be, whatever that might look like to an individual person. We are uh, working to further the field of paranormal and parapsychological research, meaning that we go out and we do our casework and we conduct these actual investigations to collect and document any possible data. And even if we do find something, um, something audio, something visual, we can't necessarily we're not going to say that, oh, it's a ghost. You know, yes, your place is absolutely 100% haunted. We can um, collect evidence and we can cross-reference it and correlate it to other evidence or uh, personal experiences or something that may have happened in the past, you know, at that same time or in the same location. But 
to say that, you know, yes, this is, this is actually a haunted place or this is actually not a haunted place. We cannot do that because there's only so much that science can tell us. And that is where we are in an exciting time in our paranormal research community right now, where we're starting to realize that um, science isn't just enough, that we need to better marry the metaphysical and the, and the spiritual side of it, because essentially that's what the afterlife is. If there is such a thing as an afterlife and if there is such a thing as spirits and, and souls and ghosts, then um, we have to look at everything from a much larger scale and looking at things scientifically is limited. It's not enough. And uh, we know that we know what happens when to our bodies when we die. We know the biology behind it and the physiology behind it, but we don't know the spirituality of it. So why would we apply the spirituality part of it through a scientific lens? Science is not enough. Science is limited. So we have to include the other part of the research in it. Yeah. All right. So on the, this leads directly to our, uh, a very regular contributor to the show, Martin J. Clemens, uh, had a couple questions for us, but this is uh, kind of leads into it. Um, so basically, his two questions are, your secret pet theory, you know, if if you had, you know, if, if, if you had to guess, you know, what's going on. And then if there's any theories out there that you think are just complete horseshit, like you're pretty damn sure that's not what's going on. If you have an answer to either one of those. Like to anything specific? Yeah, I mean, like, well, let's say your secret pet theory, like, let's say, um, you know, ghost interaction. Like, do you have something you're leaning towards? Like, um, for instance, the difference between ghosts being almost like... Um, a recording caught on tape mm -hmm. where it's actually just a repeated loop of electromagnetic activity mm -hmm. or it's actually a soul that's been trapped or it's something, you know, you know, of the various theories or it's, um, a, you know, a, a radon or whatever it is that makes you, you know, like that, that sort of thing. Like, do you, do you have one that you're kind of like beyond all the data and, you know, there's still a ton to look at and much more to do? Is there any way that you lean towards? That is a great question because it's a hard question for me to answer. I would say no. I would say that everything is still up in the air. And that's what's funny. I've been in this line of work for a long time and I have seen some shit. I have seen a lot of interesting shit. And you would think that the longer you're in a certain line of work, the longer you're doing something and the more you see, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a believer. But for me, and I didn't even see this coming, I think the more I see and the more I experience, I grow more skeptical. But it's definitely a healthy skepticism. I think it's important that uh, people stay skeptic towards themselves and towards their their coworkers and you know my my clients. And being skeptical doesn't mean that I don't believe you. It doesn't mean that that I'm being disrespectful or that I'm doubting you. It means that I'm doing my job as a legitimate paranormal researcher and maintaining a complete openness and an unbiased perspective. Yeah, that's really, it's interesting you say that. That's something I've kind of, I don't think I've ever really articulated on the show before, is that the more stuff that's happened to me over the years, the more skeptical I've gotten. Mm -hmm. That, like, I literally, I have experiences talking to Egyptian goddesses. I've had math transmitted into my head. And this sounds all completely bonkers, but all it's done is make me just more aware of these things. And yeah. less, like, it's not like, I, at no point did I go, I didn't have... Like, as, as the Christians would say, I never had revelation. I never had the spirit blown into me. All it was was more awareness of, oh, wow, what an interesting thing happened. But, like, previous to those happening, I think I was probably more a believer in those things until then. Because then as it happened, like, that wasn't revelation. That wasn't, you know, it's, you know, so it's like seeing ghosts. It's almost like, like, it would be less proof of there being ghosts, you know, it, yeah. just because it's like, yeah. it's this, it almost, this normalization process happens where it becomes... 
less you know less fantastical less exactly. like this like you know it's almost like you've always w- wished to be rich by the time and then when you finally get to be rich you're like oh yeah <laughs> guess i'm rich now <laughs> like it's just kind of like yeah this is the you know this is a thing so it's yeah. that, you know this kind of belief system yeah. um is there any of these kind of theory wise i guess you know kind of sticking towards like the more ghostly kind of um kind of what i guess more what the what the norms think of paranormal is there any theory that you find won't work that you not that you can 100% like knock out but like for instance and I'm not trying to give you the answer but like when people go oh what's well, radon or whatever that shit in the basement is mm-hmm. and that's what makes people feel see ghosts or electromagnetic spikes mm-hmm. or that sort of thing is there anything that sticks out as you going like oh that's just like it's like for like ufos when people used to say swamp gas you're like oh shut the fuck up with swamp gas of course it, is there a shut the fuck <laughs> up swamp like gas weather balloons yeah 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 or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. do you yeah. have a uh, shut the fuck up thing balloons. yeah yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, um, I guess the first thing that came to mind was, um, when I'm doing casework, when we're actually called to a a client's home and, and a lot of this, I I would have to say potential clients. So this means we're doing a walkthrough. So, uh, we haven't, uh, at this point fully committed to, uh, conducting a full scale investigation yet. So, uh, we have, uh, a whole process that we have our potential clients go through before we feel confident enough that, okay, this is something we can't explain. So maybe if we come in with all of our equipment, then we can find something that, that we can, um, use from there. And then maybe we can explain it or maybe, um, help offer solutions and, and figure it out from there. But, um, uh, so often, I would say nine times out of 10, the people that contact us that are so 100% hellbent, uh, hellbent that they have something going on in their house, they have a large fish tank. So the amount of EMF that uh, are emitted off of a fish tank is crazy. And it's enough that um, people can mildly hallucinate. It's enough that people Wait, For real? For nauseous. fish tanks? Absolutely. No shit. Yep. Oh, wow. Actual yeah. fish tanks. Um, so, and if uh, the they can uh, make you nauseous, they can affect your sleep patterns and they yeah. can even affect your, your mood. So, um, a lot of people that have fish tanks in their house, they have disrupted sleep. They are more prone to depression. Um, so, it, it's a whole uh, combination of things. So, that's one of the first things that we always ask. And it's kind of funny because... Um, we get people that, that call us or like somebody will call me and they'll be like, yeah, it's the weirdest thing. You know, I, I feel nauseous every time I walk through this one spot in my living room and I swear it's a demon, you know, it has to be a demon, right? Because everything that, that is unknowing is bad and evil. And that's one of the first things that I say, well, do you have a fish tank? They're like, whoa, how did you know that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's crazy. Oh, I didn't know yeah. about the fish tank thing. Yeah, so it's um, literally breaking it down from um, every perspective as a paranormal researcher, going into a potential case and getting to know the potential client on such a very personal basis. And we ask them uh, very personal questions. We ask them about... Um, you know, their health, their mental health, their physical health. We ask them about any medication that, that they're taking, and we um, ask to see that medication. We ask to see a list, and then that way we can go home later and research possible uh, side effects from the medication and see if that correlates to the possible claims. And um, a lot of this is because it's it's not that we're looking for all of these excuses for something to not be paranormal. We're paranormal researchers. How awesome would it be, you know, to get a ghost on tape saying, hey, hi, Katie, I'm yeah. a ghost. 
you know, that hasn't happened yet. Maybe one of these days or Elvis, like, hi, I'm Elvis's ghost. What's up? I brought you that engagement ring. And I'll be like, Elvis, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for you. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, I, I don't. Can you marry a ghost? Is that legal? Yes. All right. Fair enough. As we discussed, <laughs> as we discussed, I am an Maybe ordained reverend. I'm, I, I am been, too. Yes, it's, but I'm not marrying Elvis. So if you find if you find the the phantasmagorical form of Elvis and he proposes, I'm there. I'm in. I got this. Oh my yeah. god, I'm so excited right now. Um, but yeah, uh, so we um look at at we have to look at everything uh, from every possible perspective. So um, again, like asking the potential client very personal questions about their health and then where they are in, in their lives emotionally or mentally. For yeah. example, uh, we got called in to do this possible case with this woman that uh, uh, was just in a very unhappy relationship. And of course, as outsiders, we could see that all of the the drama that was that she claimed was taking place at her house. It was, um, I, I don't want to say it was in her head, but as outsiders, we can come in and, and we can see these things. So literally like 99% of the time is not even something paranormal, but we have to, um, we have to be careful about making sure that we cover all of those bases that we have to say that all of these things aren't paranormal before we can question whether it is paranormal. And um, yes, so to go back to a circle, what I was talking about, uh, fish tanks is one of the, the number one things that um, causes, you know, people feeling strange things in their house and that, that therefore, you know, they think it promotes some strange activity and it doesn't. And then another one is like um, the... Uh, uh, fridges, people's uh, refrigerators. Um, they're very loud and they um, emit um, a lot as well and they affect people's um, emotions. And then something as simple as power lines or how close you are to a mill or a factory or something, all of these things are um, applicable as well as the weather. You know, let's say there was a major storm that night and of course there's going to be extra you know, um, static electricity in the air. And, you know, somebody thought that they saw, you know, an orb or something fly through their room. So yeah, I'd say 99% of the time, it is not going to be something paranormal. Yeah. In that 1% of time. Uh, so let's, let's go for the, let's, let's get fantastic here. What, uh, not to say, you know, t- top one, but, uh, what's something that springs to mind of like fantastic things that you've experienced that the audience would, would be, um, I don't know, surprised. What's something kind of, uh, wow me with your, with your paradoxical uh, uh thing if if one if one's happened or you know okay. whatever yeah you I... get the idea <laughs> sorry <laughs> I'm i just feel like i i feel weird putting you on the spot but it's like well i mean really the question is hey sh- tell me something fantastic you've seen but uh, <laughs> i feel awkward it's like dance yeah. <laughs> no 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 yeah. no this is great no yeah. you're asking me a good question no i can do this um actually i have um this one experience, and it's it's pretty funny because it's it's unusual. So this this experience, this thing that happened to me, I don't think has ever happened to anybody else before. Um, what happened is I was um, in this very, and this was years ago. I was in a very old building, and I was. Uh, um, so I wasn't alone in the building. There were people on the other side of the building, but I was alone on the back side of the building. So I was alone where I was. Um, I was walking down the hallway to turn a sharp corner. And as I turned a sharp corner, somebody was also walking down the other end of the hallway and turned the same sharp corner. And we ran into each other. 
And the person that I ran into was translucent and he was outlined in white and I could see through him and, but he still looked like a person. I could still, I still remember all of the details of his face and exactly what he looked like. And what's so funny is that, you know, it's just the same when you're like, let's say you're walking down the street and you aren't paying attention and then you run into somebody and you're like, oh, like, oh, you startled me. Oh, sorry. So, um... As I was walking around the corner and he was walking around the corner, we ran into each other. Like, he scared me, he startled me, but I scared the shit out of this guy. So, it's not very often that somebody else scares a ghost. So, I scared a ghost and he, like, he made, like, this high-pitched, like, yippee yelp sound. And he just looked at me like, what the fuck are you doing? And then he just disappeared, literally right in front of me. And, of course, I was standing there you know, thinking, what the hell just happened? How crazy am I? Like, what is going on right now? And of course, the researcher in me had to, you know, dissect, you know, everything about the situation. Well, what about this? What about this? What about this? And um, by the time I finally told somebody about it later, I don't, I don't know, I don't remember how long, if it was like a week or a month later, but a a substantial amount of time passed because that was a very riveting experience for me. And it's not just, I, it's funny because you know, who, who scares a ghost? Usually the ghost scares you. Right. But I was like literally nose to nose with this entity and, and to, to be that, that close to, you know, it's not very often that somebody sees um, a full bodied apparition. Like he was literally nose to nose to me. And then like, I felt his breath on me as, as he yelped, as I scared him. And then he, just like dissipated in into thin air um but later when i um had shared people when i had shared with people um what had happened i i remember he had very distinct features and i described what he looked like and uh the people at that building said oh well you just described the guy that used to you know live in this building and we know who you're talking about and i was like what the hello yeah yeah that's a pretty good one yeah. Yeah. Is that fantastic? I think that's fantastic. I think that that fits the entire the entirety of the list of things I wanted from that story. Is that's fantastic? That's weird. That's going to shock the audience. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty nutty. Yeah, I still think about it a lot. Um, that it's so interesting because um, what you're talking about earlier with different theories. So um, as a um, paranormal researchers, we have uh, an understanding. Uh, what we label as three different kinds of haunts. And I'm not even a big fan of the word haunt or haunted, but um, just so that everybody has an understanding, you know, a, a haunt, a ghost, you know, something that, that's no longer embodied, something that's no longer alive. Um, the number one category is an intelligent haunt, an intelligent ghost. So, you know, somebody that is aware of his or her surroundings, somebody that, that knows that, that they're in the room and they know that we're in the room and uh, we're trying to communicate with each other. And then the type two, the second category is somebody that it, not to say that they're not intelligent, but they might be more of a time imprint or something more residual, like what you were talking about. Um, so I don't think that those are theories. I think that there are different levels because there are different levels of existence. There different levels of consciousness so that means that there has to be different levels of beings and we do know that there are actual different um, levels uh, different dimensions of the earth and different dimensions of um, time in the universe so who's to say that these different um, energies or people that are floating through them all aren't going to have different levels of consciousness or different levels of awareness um, 
And then the, the third category would be um, anything else. So like a, a possible demon, if you want to call it, or a, a poltergeist, although we're seeing a lot more uh, self-inflicted poltergeist and actual poltergeist. So that's really exciting, too. Self-inflicted poltergeist. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, Explain. Um, an example of that would be, let's say, um, and we're seeing this more often than not, honestly, and it's really exciting right now because I think the definition of what a poltergeist is is starting to change now over the years. Um, so a poltergeist is normally, um, and of course, again, you talk about the mainstream media, you know, confusing people with, uh, well, not confusing people, straight up lying to people and the inaccuracy behind, you know, Ouija boards being evil. It's the same with um, poltergeist. So uh, poltergeist is um, a German word that basically means, you know, like um, um, uh, an annoying spirit, a mischievous spirit, right? So we necessarily associate that with um, somebody that's going to be a trickster or somebody that's going to be negative, somebody that's going to be bad or somebody, um, poltergeists are generally associated with spirits that are physical. So it's, if we, um, think about, um, uh, like doors closing or, you know, chairs moving on their own or something. So people will naturally categorize them as poltergeists. But what's so interesting is that we're finding more and more in our research and um, it's not necessarily paranormal research, but parapsychological research, again, uh, talking more about the self and what the self is capable of. The self-inflicted poltergeist is uh, we're finding, and again, you know, everything is circumstantial, but the, the general consensus is that um, a self-inflicted poltergeist is going to be a out wordly energy, something so energetic and so strong, something that somebody manifested unbeknownst to themselves. So um, let's say, and I actually have a real life example. This was a, a case um, that a potential case that we decided not to take because we didn't believe she had paranormal activity in her house. Uh, this woman that was uh, highly medicated and she was, uh, in our opinion, not a, a happy marriage. Uh, so she wasn't in a very happy place in her life at this time. And she kept saying that she had all of these crazy things going on in her house uh, centered, centered around her and her daughter. And, um, Everything that she was saying felt like it was more emotionally charged than anything else. And um, that she, like little things like papers wrestling, um, you know, when she walks by things in the house or like little things being moved. And we are starting to see more and more that people are so much stronger than they think they are. People are more parapsychologically capable of doing things than they think that they are. Our minds are such amazing tools, and that also makes them amazingly scary weapons if you don't fully understand or if you don't know how to apply them or utilize them on a healthy level. And um, so the self-inflicted poltergeists are uh, just uh, essentially an outward energy that's been manifested by a person that's in a troubled place, that's in a having a, a troubled time, going through a troubled time in their life, and they're feeling negative, and they've got all of this extra energy, and they don't know what to do with it. And we know with the law of attraction, like attracts like. So let's say I'm in a bad place in my life right now, and I'm exerting all of this negative energy. Well, negative energy is, you know, floating up and around me. And then, um, other negative energy is going to feel that call and then more negative energy is going to form. And then you've got this big ball of negative energy around you and it's energy. We know that energy is alive and that energy has capabilities. So self-inflicted poltergeist is, um, to break it down, essentially, uh, 
more energy, energetic fields, and we're still trying to understand why and how they work. But I think that people are more parapsychologically capable of um, moving things and doing things than they realize they are. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, no, it totally does. Yeah, I just, I've never heard that term. Yeah, so it's kind of like a, like a, like a crappy tulpa. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, just kind of a, that doesn't help the audience at all. I'm sorry, audience. I just did something stupid. I just said something more obscure to try to explain something that she explained well. Sorry. Um, Oh, thank you. I don't think I explained it well. I'm tired. And I know nobody can see me. I'm like, I'm sitting here and I'm like using all of these big hand gestures. I'm like, you get it? Does that make sense? Oh, you can't see me. And then, and then she said, you know, when negative attracts negative, she pointed at me like this really accusing point. (laughs) I get it. All right. Fine. Yep. I'll draw you an illustration that you can upload later with my others. <laughs> yes, right right next to the other, the, the, the Pac-Man ghost, and then we're going to have shitty Tulpa right next to the fish tank. In a, in a cloud with an arrow pointed to it that says negative energy. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, I think this is a, this is some wonderful art uh, that we're working on. Um, now, this is, you know, sorry, I have to ask, why are there not more ghost photos it's the question. When I asked when I when when I first announced you were coming on, I, I asked the the audience uh, for questions, and the one kind of skeptical question that kept coming through, and and it's a damn good question. We all like there's you have a phone on you, so there's a camera, there's a camera, there's one of on my one on here. I think there's one in the TV. Mm-hmm. So there's five cameras in this room, right? None of them are on at the moment, but like there should be more ghost photos, right? Yeah. Or. Did they used to just fake ghost photos more often? Because it's oh yeah, we know that. Yeah, so yeah, there's got because something something's up here because there should be an equal increase of ghost photos with with cameras. But it seems like we're I'm not even going to say seems like we're definitely not seeing that that equal increase. Yeah, no, that that's that's very true, and that is actually a fantastic question. I'm glad you asked me that. Um, uh, so we do know that. Um, most of the ghost photos, so we're talking like like the older traditional ghost photos that, that we see online everywhere, right? Um, I, I do believe that most of them, if not all of them, have been uh, proven to be not real. Yeah. And um, one of um, uh, uh, our, so we've got, um, in terms of a paranormal research field, we've got, you know, our, our early founding, uh, fathers and mothers of paranormal research. And one of them would be Harry Price. He was an amazing, uh, paranormal researcher. And, um, he actually, uh, looked into spirit photography, early spirit photography, and was able to debunk a lot of those. So we do know, and I'm talking, you know, like the 1800s, like the, you know, the later Victorian, um, era where spiritualism and, um, uh, people conducting their own seances in their own houses and, and the whole mediumship and, and channeling thing, you know, was really big. It was really yeah. accepted at Pulling sheets of ectoplasm out of your nose and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Table yeah. wrapping, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we know that... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. That's, uh, that, that totally wasn't planned. Spirit, <laughs> talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so, uh, yes. So we know that... So when... For me, in my head, the the image of spirit photography, when I hear that phrase, spirit photography, that's what I think of the the older, you know, Victorian spirit photography. That's um, most of that is is. Yeah, that's that's not real. Um, So to answer your other question about why are there um, not more pictures of ghosts? I wish I knew how to answer that because I 
that's what I'm doing. I'm yeah. running around and I and I want to take pictures of ghosts and and I want to get you know, uh, uh, like voice recordings of ghosts and and you know I I, I basically you know I'm, I'm chasing ghosts and and I'm partying with ghosts. It's like how come we don't have more evidence of ghosts? And that's something that we talk about all the time. It's like like you know our like me. Let's talk about me. You know am am I am I completely crazy? Am I in this this you know, line of work and I'm just literally not doing anything with my life? Am I not going anywhere? How come I don't have a picture of a ghost? Yeah. But it's it's not that simplistic. Um, it's going to be the same like working um, uh, with any um, scientists in any field of scientific research. You know, you're, um, you keep working towards a conclusion. You know, you, you think that, that you've got, you know, all of these things together in your Petri dish and, and you think that this is what it's going to be and you think that, you know, you've got everything's data controlled, you know, everything is looking good on paper and you think that this is going to be the result and you're ready, you've got all of your equipment and all of your technology is, all, is ready to go and you don't get the results that you want. It's going to be the same. It's the same comparison um, when you're doing, um, you know, other scientific work in, in, a, in another area. And um, uh, so that's number one. Number two is remembering that all of our equipment, it's not made to um, actually pick up on anything ghostly. So we have to remember that all of our technology is fallible. You know, it's man-made. It's just technology. It's just a bunch of like, you know, electricity and, and buttons and computers. And if uh, there, um, if there really are ghosts and spirits and, you know, like subconscious, subconsciousnesses and psyches and, and essences running around, then if they are there, then they exist on a different plane, they exist on a different level, and they are not restricted um, to physical laws and biological laws like we are. So that means that uh, the equipment that we make as humans isn't going to, um, isn't, it's not going to work on them. You know, it's we can um, build these contraptions and build this equipment that is going to take pictures, but it doesn't mean that that we're able to build a contraption that is going to take a picture of somebody that's standing there in a different dimension. So yeah. that's what we're working on. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, but it's frustrating. I just want to oh, take a picture of a ghost. Oh, it's frustrating, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is my job, yeah. dude. It's yeah. very frustrating, yeah. What, uh, do you have any opinion on, uh, and I don't know how to say, Carillion, Cerulean, uh, or a photographs? Mm-mm. Uh, yeah, they, they, they kind of, I noticed they've been coming hot again lately mm-hmm. and, um, there's a place in town that does them and I've been kind of, not that it, not that I, uh, your opinion would change my mind of whether I spend money on something stupid because I got to do it anyway. You're going to do it anyways. But yeah, <laughs> but it, it's just kind of interesting. It, it, it's, it had its vogue, you know, many years ago and now it's coming back into style for some reason. Like all the kind of, uh, paranormal shops have like random, you know, aura photograph sessions lately. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I will say, though, since we're talking about um, spirit photography, that I have a major problem with orbs. And I don't mean to... Oh, gosh. I don't mean to offend um, any, you know, fellow paranormal researchers out there listening with a different opinion or, you know, paranormal enthusiasts that are out there. But uh, I, I cannot say that an orb is paranormal. And there are so many individuals and so many paranormal teams that are out there that that will look at something that looks like an orb or something orbish, um, some sort of an anomaly on a photograph or in in a video and something uh, something visual and say, oh, it's paranormal. I think we are not doing the field of paranormal research a service when we do that because it's and that's what I mean when I say unless if you know 
I get um, a video of a ghost that comes up to me and says, hi, Katie, I'm a ghost. I, I wouldn't have to say that that would be, you know, irrefutable, irrefutable evidence right there. But until then, um, I have I have lots of pictures that have something that could possibly be a ghost in them. But I, I, I can't say that it is a ghost. I can say that it's not this, that it's not this, that it's not this. But that's not good enough for me. It's not good enough for me to be like, oh, you know, this is definitely it. This is definitely a ghost. Your place is definitely haunted because there's still so much more we don't know about the field. And that's why we all have to work together. And that's why we're um, all comparing our opinions and scientific data and trying to figure out what really might be happening. Yeah, the the orb thing is particularly that's a bugbear for me because um, I've taken pictures in dusty rooms and shockingly there's a fuckload of orb in that room. Now, I know paranormal people are screaming out there going, "They're not all dust." My fine, I'm just saying it's a huge fucking coincidence that when you take a picture of dust in the air, it looks like an orb. <laughs> now, maybe there are orbs. I'm just saying you're looking in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Like if there were duck-shaped demons that looked like a duck, floated like a duck, quacked like a duck. Every single way is duck-like. You could you can cut them open after dead, and every single part's duck. It'd be dumb to keep looking at them, because they're fucking identical. Like, yeah. cool. I mean, you that, that may well be a demon duck, but since there's no way to know, stop spending 40% of every ghost show on theoretical dust. Like, it's exactly. just... Exactly. Yeah, uh, that's... Oh, that one, that annoys the hell out of me. Yeah. And, um... The other side, have you, I've heard some that I'm a little convinced by, but EVP, do you think there's anything there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So EVPs are um, electronic voice phenomena. And um, again, uh, there you can use just a a basic recorder, you know, that that you might use, you know, for your college class or they have um, actual um, equipment that, that they, you know, make that they believe that is better at picking up actual, you know, um, disembodied voices. But um, absolutely, I think that that anything is possible. I think that, and that, that's the thing of it, you know, when I say that I, I've grown to be more skeptical, I've also grown to be so much more open and um, so much more unbiased. I think that, that um, I recognize that things are much more, certain things that I didn't think were possible five years ago or 15 years ago are now that I yeah. see uh, through my experience and that could just be you know personal experiences that that I've had or uh, you know working at a professional level um, with with a case or with my clientele um, but with um, what was I talking about EVPs EVPs yeah. um, with uh, EVPs absolutely uh, I think that more often than not, it could be something as simple as a radio frequency just working its way in. So even though you have a voice on a recorder, and again, unless the, the voice says, hi, Katie, I'm a ghost, then I would be like, okay, you know, I, I might, what you just said, I might be convinced. Let's go ahead and take a look at this. But um, we don't, we still don't get that excited when we pick up voices um, yeah. on our recorders because there, there's, there's so many possibilities that it could be something other than a ghost. And more often than not, it's probably not a ghost but we have to look at it every every avenue and dissect it um so yeah i, I have a um a lot of uh possible evidence you know it, it, it's evidence with um voices on there that that are disembodied voices so yes they are evps but to say that that they're actual ghosts i don't know yeah those i find those interesting so one i've i've seen you know not necessarily you know most of those ghost shows are horseshit but like um i have seen or the, uh, your listen to audio transcripts of of paranormal investigators asking a question and an evp responding now 
I'm not saying it's there, but it just the timing of it makes me go, ah, that's pretty interesting that Mm -hmm. there was a random radio frequency or whatever it could possibly be as a response. Now, now, are you talking about something you saw on TV? No, no, it was some internet. It was some uh, paranormal research group. I was looking at their website years ago. Like I've seen more than once, you know, it's and it's not like you hear, but it just it's weird to have, you know, I work with audio equipment very often. Mm -hmm. Um, It's weird to have a random sound occur at the right time for it to be a voice response. So that's just weird. Mm -hmm. But so years ago, and this is one of the most disappointing thing that's ever happened in the history of the Alex cast. When I first started, I did a show and I was talking about EVPs and I actually went back and really, really low recorded me responding to me in the audio. (laughs) No one fucking checked. So years later, admitting an audience, I don't even think the episode's on on the feed anymore, but like, you know, five, six years ago, I was doing a show and I ended up talking about ghosts or whatever. So during every pause, I went back in and, and put myself really, really low going, that's bullshit. Or like, oh my god, that's a really good point, Alex. <laughs> and like, really, really, and no one fucking, no one got it. And I was like, oh, that's so sad. I went oh, through that's all, funny. I went through, you all, went through you know, all that work, all that work for. I literally, I so for for paranormal researchers, ghosts might be trying really fucking hard, and no one, yeah. no one noticed. Yeah, seriously, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Well, that, that's a good way to like like put in the subliminal messages in your show, huh? Yeah, I, I don't think subliminal messaging works. No, I don't know. I mean. Yeah, I shouldn't admit to what I do every episode. But no, I don't think it works. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, 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 nothing, nothing. I, I swear. No, girls really do find me that attractive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, but yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. So um, there's a, so you've got EVPs and then you've got, um, let's say, actual, you know, voice on voice response. And that would be um, also using, you know, like a, a spirit box, you know, like yeah. a, an actual um, a, a device that um, has a, a bunch of words that are programmed into it. And then, you know, a, a certain word from that box will... Um, will manifest it, it will it will come up um wait how does that work i don't, I don't think i know what you're referencing oh uh just um like a a spirit box where um uh so you've got this uh, equipment and it's got a bunch of um words that are in it so essentially the theory is that um if there's a spirit in the room that it will like it pick through a certain word and then one of the words will um it, it'll say something but in a very computerized like robotic voice oh so it'll play through the box mm-hmm. in in heavy quotes randomly yeah yeah okay okay i gotcha all right so um i i know a lot of individuals that swear by them and um i i don't trust them well i don't trust any of my equipment actually because it's just equipment but that's definitely not not a piece of equipment that i like to use but um there was this experiment that we did uh, quite a while back um using a spirit box and uh we were adjusting it so um we were uh you know playing around with the different radio frequencies to see if that was you know, of course, going to um, alter any kind of results and, you know, moving it around to different different uh, places of the house. But um, essentially, it, it was um, what we thought the same with what we were discussing um, earlier tonight with the Ouija boards, uh, how much of this is going to be manipulated by the people present. So am I manipulating it just because I'm standing here and I'm thinking about it? So is is this, you know, have have I taken this from, you know, oh, we're out here looking for ghosts, but now it's like a, a parapsychological, you know, personal experiment. I'm thinking of a word and it came up through the spirit box. So um, 
because that's essentially, let's say that, that a ghost is standing here in the room right now and we have a spirit box and then it, it says a word. So if I thought of the same word and the same word pops up on the spirit box, that's essentially the same way that, that the said or the alleged ghost is using it. So they're using it telepathically almost, right? So, um, I do believe in telepathy. I believe in parapsychological capabilities, and I think that everybody has them. I think some of us just know how to tap into them better than others, but I think everybody is is capable. I think everybody is, is amazing and stronger than they realize they are. So uh, with that said, I think that that would also explain why um, there are more you know self-manifested poltergeists than not. I think people are just uh, so much uh, more powerful and loud than they realize they are and that they are probably causing um, a lot of the things that are happening around them unbeknownst to them. And yeah. they just think that that is ghostly and that's not always going to be the case. Yeah. Like apparently, like I'm amazing at guessing the two cards down and a deck of Zener cards. <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking fantastic at that. We're doing... Well, you, you did better once you stopped trying to guess them. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. We, we did some of the Zener cards uh, before we started recording. You know, the uh, the one wavy line, circle, square, that thing. You've seen it in Ghostbusters. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I was, I, I got on a streak of guessing the next card after the one I'm supposed to guess. And mm-hmm. it was, it was kind of fun. It's like, wow, I'm nearly psychic, except yeah. completely useless. Like yeah. 50%. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I can guess all the lotto numbers really Afterwards. close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be I'll be I'll be off by one. If there was a really close lotto, I'd be fantastic at it. <laughs> um, what uh, we got to wrap up at some point soon. What uh, what, what's this? Remind everybody about this uh, this this here convention that you're going to be teaching demonology um, at. Oh, you know yes. what? Wait, give the website and then explain what demonology is because I don't think a lot of the audience actually knows what that term really means. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, so yes, uh, I'm going to be, uh, contributing to our Oregon Ghost Conference and the website is www.oregonghostconference.com and, um, it's our big annual, uh, state of Oregon paranormal convention and, um, this year is going to be at the Seaside Convention Center and I was fortunate enough to be chosen to hold a lecture as well as teach a class and, uh, the lecture that I'm giving this year and I started to write out the outline, so I need to finish it. And then I was going to have my 15-year-old nephew help me with uh, visual aids because he's a computer genius. He's amazing. Hi, Credence. Um, so uh, my lecture this year, I'm actually really excited about it because as far as I know, um, the topic of demonology has not been discussed at this particular conference. And as an occult specialist, so that's, you know, demons and demonology, of course, that's, that's, you know, everybody thinks as an occult specialist that all I do is talk to demons, right? Um, so I get asked about demonology constantly. With that said, um, again, you know, blaming mainstream media for everything that's bad and wrong in the world. Um, there is such a misconception in so many inaccuracies, like unhealthy inaccuracies surrounding what demonology really is and what it isn't, uh, because of mainstream media and that, and because people, um, refuse to, I'm going to be mean right now. People refuse to self-educate. You know, people need to open up their minds and expand their horizons and, you know, read more books and not, you know, trust everything that they see online and never, never trust anything that you see on TV or in the movies, especially if it has to do with paranormal research, that all of that is just completely inaccurate and, and basically an insult to those of us who actually are in the field. Well, except for CW Supernatural. I think that's what 
100% accurate. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with the Winchester voice. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Because I was halfway kidding. I'm like, I kind of yeah. hope you like yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. I'm okay with that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I was thinking when um, when I knew that the conference was coming up, I was like, okay, I want to give a lecture. What do I want to? What do I want this lecture to be about? Um, I was thinking that um, I. I wanted to talk about demonology. It's a hard subject to talk about, but I figured um, if people are talking about demonology and if, if the, the whole idea of, you know, the existence or non-existence of demons, you know, is as big as it is right now, it, I almost felt that somebody like me, somebody with, with my background, I, I almost felt obligated. I'm like, well, you know, maybe somebody that actually might know like a little tiny bit of demonology should actually talk about it and the same with what I do with my classes on Ouija boards I just want to you know hopefully dispel some myths for people and um, help um, encourage them to um, go outside of their comfort zones and again not look at everything from a religious specified point of view and you know just read some books and learn um, but my lecture is going to be uh it's called Theoretical Demonology and Paranormal Research. So um, I named it Theoretical Demonology because um, we're going to be talking about the theories of demons. So I want to make that clear. So we're going to be um, discussing uh, the history of demonology, the biblical uh, origins of demonology. We're going to be looking at it from a, a global uh, cultural perspective, looking at it from um, all of the different areas of the world, different areas that um, the different cultures older cultures that were real big on demonology and why and then bring that back to where we are today from a religious specified point of view and because of um, where we are and where we live um, you know everything more or less seems to be viewed upon as a um, as a everything has is very Christian based. So looking at that and dissecting that, and then, um, again, talking about the, uh, mainstream media, um, dispelling the myths behind demonology, and then, um, talking about how that applies to paranormal research. And that's where the theoretical part of demonology comes into paranormal research. I feel that as legitimate paranormal researchers that we are obligated to, um, not run around and express certain feelings or opinions without actual concrete data or, or you know, strong evidence, something that, that we can bring to a client that's going to actually um, help them or make them feel better about a particular situation. So my point is that, and we see it on TV all of the time, all of these ghost shows, um, people walking into houses saying, hey, demon, I know you're here. I know you're here, demon. Just show yourself. Show yourself. It's a demon. It's a demon. Or um, uh, I can't tell you the amount of phone calls that I get with people saying that um, uh, their their door closed really loudly and it, it was a slam and it, it was aggressive. So it, it had to have been something negative. It had to have been something bad. It had to have been a demon. Like everything that... that um, that, you know, scares people a little bit. These days, it seems like it's it's gone from something ghostly to something demonic. And I blame TV for that. And I, I blame people for that, for not educating themselves more. Um, so I'm going to be talking about um, the theories behind demons and um, uh, that, yes, demonology is an important uh, field, um, a, an important academic field and how and why that might apply to paranormal research. So uh, demonology, to answer your question as a whole, is going to be the study of um, the possible existence or non-existence of demons. And again, looking at that from every culture. 
They're going to be looking at it from a, a hierarchy and then looking at it from a religious point of view and a non-religious point of view. And um, again, demonology is a difficult subject to discuss because people get so emotionally reactive to it. Again, looking at it from a religious uh, specified point of view. So, you know, we've got like um, a bunch of uh, pagans that, you know, that think that demons are cool or they don't even believe in demons. And then you've got non-pagans. So you've got people that are that are religious or people that are subscribed to an actual, you know, religious institution. And um, the word demon means something different to them. It means something bad and something evil. So I'm going to do my best to cover all of that as much as I can within a 50 minute time frame. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fifty minutes sounds a little quick, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a that's a tall order you put out for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I was like, oh, because this is this is gonna, yeah. I I have a, a lot of work I need to do, but like I said, I, I just I felt very strongly that that somebody, um, it it was time that that somebody actually just you know talked about it publicly. Like, okay, people, it's not what you see on TV. Okay, people, not everything is demonic. Not everything is bad. Yeah. And um, I, I feel very strongly about that because I, I come across people like that in my line of work all the time, and it's inaccurate and it's insulting. Yeah, it's one of those things too. Just to play the devil's advocate on it, uh, um, using the term "demon" is rough because <laughs> we are living in a Western world. You know, yeah. you know, directly. You know, the Bible kind of did influence a shitload of this culture, so that yeah. word is tough. Like I was trying to explain. Um, so I, you know, my my, I talk about Gnosticism a lot, mm-hmm. and boy, is it hard to just like to explain to people like what the God is. And it's like, well, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, you know, your God, like the God from the Old Testament, that's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Well, well, so do Gnostics believe in, you know, the Ten Commandments? No, mm-hmm. literally the bad guy wrote those. Of course not. So it's yeah. like this kind of, um, it's the language is so difficult to get around because mm-hmm. the, the you know, we, we're living in the product of, you know, Western culture. So it's, you know, the the the, the terminology is directly related to, christianity so it's yeah. really tough to kind of differentiate those so the basically long term saying it's like we should probably just come up with a better word for demons and no, then, I you agree. Know, yeah, yeah but, exactly uh, that's what i talk about yeah if i'm not a big fan of the word demon uh, uh likewise same for angel i'm not even a big fan of the word prayer i don't like to say prayer and it's uh it's going to be let's say the prayer is the same as meditation or ritual yeah. right but the just the the whole um the image that that strikes in in the mind when you say the word prayer you think of something that that is um not just religious but something that's christian so yeah it's what you said everything um is christian based and i think yeah. that's a major problem yeah there's i mean there's a lot of and and uh, apologies if you're one of the people that do it but like the oh my lucifer instead of oh my god thing mm-hmm. that's very christian because mm-hmm. it's you're you're defining against it so i'm one of those people and i always say that is i don't be afraid of the word god i'm not trying to teach you but for the mm-hmm. people out there it's like if, if you are the, like us, you know, weirdo, occultist, you know, nutty people like myself, <laughs> feel free to worship Jesus. Just understand that's not the guy. Like, yeah. you can worship him as, a, as an avatar, like, a, a, you know, of, of Krishna, if you want. Mm-hmm. Like, he worship St. Michael as just, like, you know, he's just one of the archangels. Just, you know, in the same way you can, you know, have Yahweh Dabalath, you know, as the, as the crazy guy. And you can call on him. You can you use, use Jehovah as a servitor. Like, you're allowed to use all of it. It's just, you mm-hmm. know, no control. Yeah. So it's like... It, the same as like the Satanist where it's like, oh, let's just do reverse Christian stuff where it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're just, still, you're still defining yourself by the people you don't get along with. That's silly. Yeah. You know? that, that actually raises a good point. And I do say that I'll say like, oh, my Lucifer sometimes, like if I'm talking to my mom, because I think it's funny. Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm totally happy with it. I'm, I'm, 
it's more you, you seem to you know but you're you're not st- stuck up horribly like a lot of people in this community <laughs> where they're just so fucking just deadly serious and they don't realize what they're doing so it's like oh my lucifer it's like you realize like you're literally you're you're just defining yourself by god like you're just you're you're playing for their team like yeah. you're just choosing the losing side yeah. that's why it's like it always boggles my mind when people actually do this satan worship mm-hmm. where it's like you're literally choosing the guy that loses that's that's really dumb uh-huh. like like the whole point of this is we get to choose whatever we want so choose why would you choose the one that by definition is gonna lose that's really dumb like that's just that's really really stupid so you know just go with you know go with what works but it's just mm-hmm. i don't know, just a big fan of uh not being afraid of god because mm-hmm. you know if you are afraid of him that's pretty christian you know mm-hmm. that's, well that's the thing of it like like the word god or goddess again it's self-interpretive because yeah. spirituality is an individual and therefore ever-changing journey and it, it should be individualized and it shouldn't matter what what anybody else believes or thinks or says because everything is circumstantial you know we just covered that different words mean different things to different people so yeah so mm-hmm. you know christian god bless you is what mm-hmm. i say I think if we've learned anything tonight is that I'm a really big born again Christian. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think uh, all the all the listeners are gonna rot in hell, and, yeah. and that's that's the best <laughs> way to do it because that's why God loves you because <laughs> the internal logic of that has always made a lot of sense. Oh God! Yeah. So so you should just pray for everybody. <laughs> I will. I got to see. That's another thing with praying. Though I do agree, praying's terrible, but there's no other word that's good. Like I I, I experiment with saying mantra for a while, mm-hmm. but that's pretty crappy too. Like it's just. It's still awkward because then it seems like you're doing something in Sanskrit or whatever. And it's like, uh, so I just, yeah, I go back to saying I pray or, you know, if I need to use the term. But it is. It's one of those, like, it's very Christian evocative. And it's like, no, I'm not doing, like, the steeple hands and, like, getting on my knees like a jerk. Like, no, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm asking people that are more powerful for for me for help. It's like, maybe I should call it, like, like lending from a bank or something. You know, like, use, like, (laughs) business terms or something. Yeah. I'm low interest lending for uh, borrowing from, from, from deities. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was, I can't remember who I was talking to now, but I was talking to somebody um, specifically about Satanism not too long ago. And uh, um, we were talking about terminology. I don't remember who it was now. And we had a really great conversation, um, but it concluded with, um, and it was just a private uh, conversation I had with somebody. So maybe it was like, like a friend of my mom's or something. I don't remember. But um, the the conversation concluded with, so so this person was like, oh, well, you're very interested. Oh, but you're not Christian. Oh, but wait. Oh, but you're an ordained minister because I'm an ordained minister too. And I went to a private Catholic college. So people, and I went to school for theology. So people, you know, would see would see that on paper and assume oh, that, that, you know, yeah, I'm, oops. Yeah, yeah. And assume that, that I'm, you know, not what I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... So we were talking about that. And of course, um, I'm apparently this walking anomaly. People just don't understand me. They're like, wait a second, wait, but, but what? Um, so anyways, this conversation ended and I was like, no, I'm, 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 I'm not a Christian. I'm, I'm a very proud non-Christian. It's not to say that, um, I don't, you know, I, you know, everybody's a Christian. Everybody in my life is a Christian. And I, I, I definitely respect certain tenets of Christianity. I went to school for theology. I also respect different tenets 
of all the different religions and the non-religions and all the, the philosophies and the systems of thought. And that's what I meant when we started this podcast, that um, I look at everything through a theological lens. So it, it's not it's not religious for me. Uh, theology and religion are, are different. So I, I have a hard time getting on board with the, the whole religious thing because that, to me, it's the same with science. It's, it's, it's limiting almost. It's like I want something more. I want something bigger. And that's why paganism and, and Satanism and the other theologies are... Um, they just speak a little bit more to me. But um, anyways, this uh, conversation ended with a lady saying that she was going to pray for me. And I was just like, like twitching, walking away from her thinking, did you just not hear anything that I just told you that, you know, we, we were just talking to, you know, talking about how I, how I feel about that. And I understand that um, again, that would be me looking at it through a, a certain lens just because I'm not a big fan of that word, uh, prayer, to have somebody pray for me. Like, yeah. I don't need you to pray for me. Like, I'm, I'm fine. I don't need that. But when people say that, they're just saying, you know, I care about you. I'm going to go home and think about you and put some positive energy into you. And that's essentially, you know, what we do as occultists, that we're working with our occult tools and we're um, manipulating and sending, you know, positive energy and, and we're doing energy work that way and that's essentially what prayer is it's all the same it's just ritual yeah no that's what that's why i always just say thanks like when people say they pray for me because i appreciate it <laughs> you're like, nicer really. than me you're like thanks <laughs> well i know it's just i just came to that conclusion like uh, it, it just the same thing it's just it's you're throwing energy out in the universe like to to be upset by that and i'm not preaching to you i just but like <laughs> to find to find upset in in prayer is again playing by their rules that's true that's yep. saying that their god has a possibility of being correct mm -hmm. the only reason that would annoy you is if that their god was the one that it started the universe mm -hmm. Th that's the only way that them praying for you would have any effect on you in an ill way that it turns out that that is the real god you're going to go to hell that's the only thing that could possibly be bothersome about someone going I'm going to put positive energy in the universe for you, yeah. which is what prayer is. So if you, if you find upset with that, really, you're giving credence to their belief system mm -hmm. as possibly being correct. It's that same thing as being like the, well, our, our, our altar is going to be naked chick on her back and then we're going to, we're going to do, we're going to do communion, but it's going to be backwards and we're going to use shit instead of, it's like, oh, would you just shut up and stop defining yourself by the other? <laughs> like, oh, sorry. I just, as you pick up, I really... Satanism annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> oh, funny. I yeah. think Satanism is pretty cool. And maybe that's something else that you and I could talk about some other time. Yeah. But I know what you mean. It's just uh, the whole um, showmanship. And, no, that, and whole, it's that like, part. It's just, not. Yeah, behind it. I know. The, no, there's but a lot of philosophy. Way about, like, yeah. I would say any philosophy or any yeah, religion. Yeah. yeah. It's it, like, just chill out. You don't need to be so loud. Just do what you want to do. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's, it's not that it's Satanism. It's just Satanism particularly because it, it was just so like, we're trying to be opposite and some of the stuff, like some of the philosophy is fine. I, I, I don't like, I don't hate it on that level. It's just like the, the kind of Dungeons and Dragons y 1970s feel to it. It's just like, it's gross. It's like a, it's like a syphilis key party. Just, ugh. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's just nasty. Yeah. You know, and not, not more just that aspect of it, like the literal, the 1970s ness of it. Like if, if somebody took like the actual, like the, the Satanic Bible, and rewrote it a little bit and like just pulled out the philosophy portion there's actually some good stuff in there mm -hmm. it's just all the rest of that stuff is just so just it's like it's like a petulant teenager yeah <laughs>
it is. It's just like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to go to my room and listen to Led Zeppelin, Mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I get that. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Um, I've, I've read it uh, several times over. Same with, uh, you know, the Christian Bible and, and, the, and the Quran. Um, again, as a theology nerd and, and yeah. as a writer, you know, I, I, words are my thing. So I, I love reading the different Bibles. I find them fascinating. And every time I read them over, I learn something new about them. And that's something else I actually... Um, this because uh, you and I communicate via Twitter quite a bit. Um, I had this lady. I don't remember where she was. Somewhere in the states. Um, uh, I had posted something like a, a picture of a woman with a skull or something. I'm trying to remember. And this was like fairly recently, a week or two weeks ago. And um, this lady that I, I'd never seen before, never talked to her before in my life. Uh, she responded to the picture that I had posted, and then she just started to um, attack me because I, I have it on my Twitter that you know that, that I'm a pagan and and I'm an occult specialist, and um, it says on on her profile that you know that she was a Christian, and um, so she uh, started to attack me, and um, I. I felt that I was very respectful. I didn't feel that she was being respectful, but, um, you know, I, I didn't take it personally. And um, I didn't know if she was trying to come at me from a personal point of view or if she was just, you know, asking me legitimate questions about my work. Because I can understand, um, you know, let's say that there are uh, some people that are very religious out there that, you know, might not understand my line of work or, or why I do what I do. And that's fine. And that's why, you know, we do this. You know, I, I love talking about what I do. Um, but this lady... Uh, she, she wasn't asking, I felt like she thought that she was asking me questions about my work, but she was asking me personal questions about my beliefs. And, um, I, uh, politely responded, you know, I, I'm happy to, you know, visit with you and answer any academic questions for you the best I can. And if I can't, you know, I'll refer you to somebody else. But I was like, you don't, you don't need to get personal. I said something like that, you know, in, in the short amount of script that you can on, on Twitter. And, um, she got very upset with me and um, this lady, she sought me out and she responded to something that I wrote and then she kept messaging me over and over and over again and I re responded to her and um, I was, uh, I said what I needed to say and then when she kept sending me um, messages over and over again, um, my messages were going to be a repeat of what I said so I just chose not to respond to her. I'm like, okay, you know, maybe she's just, you know, looking to get into like a, a Christian debate with somebody so I just ignored her and then um, I saw later that she blocked me from her Twitter oh, really? and I have no idea who this lady is uh, and I didn't say anything mean to her so yeah, so my, my point is that... <laughs> It doesn't matter what people believe. It doesn't matter what what our um, categories are. It doesn't it doesn't matter, you know, if, if you want to give yourself a label, just don't label me. Just let me be who I am. And that's why um, I love that um, I am both an ordained minister as well as a pagan priestess. And I know a lot of people have a problem with that because they can't seem to make that connection in their head. And I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with that because that's what I mean. Like I look at everything through a lens, you know, everything is global. Everything is all working together at the same time but people that look at things through a religious specified lens, everything is cut and dry. Everything is lined and labeled and boxed and that's not okay. And that's how we limit our own education. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, 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 a, it's, that's the thing is when you believe in something, not when one believes in a very specified system, it's like being a, they think of it as like almost like a sports team. Mm -hmm. So it's like you, like if you're a Yankees fan, you have to hate the, I wish I hadn't used a sports analogy the anti-Yankees, whoever, whoever their, whoever their rivals <laughs> now are. Now you've done it. Yeah, I, I really thought I could come up with another the Mets. Like, oh, you, I hate the Mets because I'm a Yankees We're fan. We're gonna get it's so like, much hate mail from this podcast. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> hmm.
I'll draw another yeah. illustration of us reading our hate mail and then laughing and burning it. Yeah, exactly. Here. Okay. In order, uh, let's see. Uh, Yahweh, uh, cunt, Mohammed, cunt, uh, Jesus, cunt. Uh, okay, there's the big three. So, yep, come at me. <laughs> Yeah, I love that you said that because this is your podcast. Yeah. Oh, no, no, not Katie. Katie was sitting there putting up the sign of the cross. Then, yeah, no, I wasn't sitting here nodding yeah, in then, agreement. Then the, then then she made a sign of the, the, the David uh, star in the air. In and then, my own blood. Uh, yeah, and then and then she she whispered quietly, Aloha Akbar, <laughs> and then beheaded me. Oh, uh, that is great. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got no problem with Allah, you know. It's, Allah's cool. Yeah, he's fine. I, I, he's, he's, he's the most scientific and fucking... Like their belief, their their followers actually liked books. Mm-hmm. Like of the big three, of the big three, Christians are the worst. But like, yeah, I think it goes. I think it goes. Judaism, obviously the best. Mm-hmm. Then, then, then non radical Islam. Then, then Christians because mm-hmm. they Jews and Muslims they like reading. Mm-hmm. My kind of people. Yeah, yeah. I really like Islam. Um, I learned a lot about Islam in um a couple classes that I took at uh, the college that I went to. Um, and that was great about my school. It was a, a liberal arts school, so uh, we we covered a lot of different things. Um, but um, this uh, particular class that I took on Islam, um, I I was very attracted to Islam as a whole as an institutionalized religion, and it's fascinating because you know it's one of the three Abrahamic faiths. You know, all three of them: Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. They are so very similar it's it's ridiculous how similar they are oh yeah it's However, like four pages of rules of difference it's like yeah it's so close yeah seriously yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh but we we can't figure out how to get along we're so different no, yeah not. um but what's so beautiful about islam is um and again you know me i was talking about you know i don't like i don't like labels i don't like to be boxed and that's what i love about um paganism it's so open and accepting and you're allowed to you know truly believe whatever it is that you want to believe and if you wake up tomorrow morning and decide hey i think i I want to believe this today um that's that's okay and whereas religion you know it's it's more it's more boxed than that and not to say that that that's wrong it just doesn't work for some people and um with uh islam i learned um that they have no hierarchy between uh, the human and Allah. Whereas in Christianity, you know, you've got the priests and the clergy, and then you have to go to confession, and you have to get baptized, and you have to do all this, and you have to get everything okayed in order to get God's okay. But in Islam, there's no middleman, and I love that. It seems like it's it's so much more metaphysical and so much more intimate, and that's what I think religion should be. Yeah, well, that's cool about uh, uh, Judaism too. It's like ra- uh, rabbis are there to argue with, like literally. Literally, they're, that's their job is to know the books so you can argue with them. That's yeah. literally, that's awesome. Like that's, <laughs> that is pretty that's, cool. That's, that's, that's a good way. That's a good way of faith. All right, we're, I'm calling it now. We have to, we have to shut up. Um, <laughs> okay. It's going to be, it's going to be two days from now if we keep going. I know. Um, Did you hear that guy's I'm being told to shut up? Yeah. No, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling me to shut up. Here's the problem. I don't get to be in a room all that often with people that know the stuff I know. So it's like, mm. oh, I get to talk about things. Like yeah. usually when I'm usually when I'm in when I'm hanging out with people, every third thing I have to like go through. Like I got to make a I got to make a, a John D joke earlier, and it's like, oh, I don't have to explain who that is. I know. Yeah, uh, you were all excited when you did actually. Yeah. Oh, it's so nice. It's like it's like so <laughs> relaxing. Where it's just like. Because usually it's like, oh, so you know, somebody stops you and you're just like, oh, I don't even know where to begin. Like, uh, yeah. okay, so yeah, all right. So there's the Kabbalah. No, no, not the thing. No, not not the red, red not the red thing around your wrist. Yeah. The actual no. So the tree of life. No, no, not yeah. the Odin one. Oh, let's I talk about sports. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Oh, yeah. God, no, sports is more painful for me. Yeah. Well, no, I see. Yeah. I, 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 
by by sports knowledge was was I was actually proud I came up with a second baseball team. Um, <laughs> well, before you tell me to shut up again, I wanted to ask you. Um, to be fair, I was saying what? for me to shut up. I'd never tell you to shut up. <laughs> shut up! I'm talking. No, um, you can tell me to shut up. That's fine. <laughs> you know? uh, what What are you going to do with the information that you learned from the board today? Uh, I'm going to go to sleep tonight and hopefully something comes up to me because lately I've been having, uh, uh, nightly, uh, horrific, uh, night terrors. So I'm hoping. Oh yeah. Last night I actually woke up where I thought there was a demon on my windowsill and I woke up, ran across the room and turned on the lights. Yeah. I'm, I'm a mess. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I I have sleep paralysis sometimes. Oh yeah. I'm a, I'm a joy. You know, it's it's a wonder I'm single. Um, (laughs) but, uh, I'm going to sleep on it and I've been uh, lately somewhere between, you know, night terrors and lucid dreaming and I'm, and I'm hoping um for a uh semi lucid some kind of uh, uh some kind of note to be dropped in my pocket while sleeping um uh, if that does not come i will uh meditate on it on tomorrow and and see if i can't i want to figure out that name uh, which i'm not going to say on the on the show cuz i feel like that might be slightly offensive yeah. but um i want to figure out the name cuz uh the one i had in my head is is um Oh, I don't want to say that either. I'm going to look into it. Okay. Yeah, and then and we then, can yeah. talk about it. Yeah, later. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I was going to ask you where you got that name from. I don't think I asked you, or maybe. Yeah, I which I, I I I will explain to you off mic because uh, okay. uh, I don't want to say it on mic because then people would guess, and I just I feel I have these weird, completely arbitrary rules about the show. Like <laughs> I will I will mock myself. I will I will do anything, but like if I'm in a relationship, I would never bring up the person I'm dating. Mm-hmm. Like while I'm dating, it's just like I feel like ew, that's awkward. Yeah, I will say the worst. I will say the most intimate details about everything, but for some reason that's off limits. And like certain spirituality stuff, where I'm just like. Nah, you know, and it's not even protecting me. It's like, I want to protect the spirit I'm talking to. I feel like that's a little insulting to them, which is the weirdest shit of the universe. But uh, mm-hmm. no, yeah, yeah. no, no, that I'm makes a, sense. I'm I a nut. Yeah. yeah. Okay. One more time. Say the name, the, the, the website that you're, uh, uh, for your, for your paranormal thing. Uh, uh, your, for the uh, convention. Yes. Um, uh, March 31st through April 2nd is called the Oregon Ghost Conference. It can be found at www.oregonghostconference.com. And um, I'm super excited. I actually have, I finally have my own personal website in the works. So hopefully that'll be up and running soon. So that's going to be uh, katiemontanajordan.com. But until that's up and running, I'm on my Twitter pretty much 24 hours a day. And my email, if anybody wants to uh, get a hold of me that way, is katiemontanajordan at gmail.com. Yes, you should do that. And um, on that note, since I never bring it up, alexbolan.com, Alex with two X's. I've got a new story coming out that's, I'll call it a novella, like a very long short story that's going to be out probably the end of this week, early next week. So um, uh, it'll be linked on there. I'll link it at the Alexcast on, on Twitter and stuff. But I actually will have new uh, and very substantial uh, 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 writing work coming out very, very soon. So for all of you out there that... Um, are waiting for more stuff that is uh that is happening so um and i'll know, be getting engaged to elvis soon so that's what i've got going on yes yes and you have your <laughs> your 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 pending your pending uh poltergeist oh, my, nuptials yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah and my my other two um elvis songs oh my god it's so hard okay i think my other one so i said suspicious minds my other one which probably isn't going to surprise anybody out there would be witchcraft okay yeah, that's, that's a good song that's yeah. so good it's yeah. so good and then another one might be Lottie Miss Claudie, but the 68 comeback special version. So nah, good. I don't think I know that one off the top of my head, but I'm going to trust you on it. Okay. Well, I'll yeah. send you the link when I go home. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Elvis all day, every day. All right. Uh, and as I said, mine is in the ghetto, 
uh, suspicious minds at the time he left at the guy with the toupee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, we need to look that one out, too. Yeah, so that's perfect. Okay, well, uh, thank you, Katie. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion you'll be back on the show again. Okay, fine. Um, uh, and uh, yes, uh, thank you, audience. And um, remember, all uh, all bombs and hate mail, um, please send to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, uh, uh, Washington, <laughs> D.C. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's been Katie. I've been Alex. And this has been a podcast. Thank okay. you. Bye.